Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Six Packers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, Episode 73. Over the last few weeks, while my audience has continued to grow, most of the emails and comments I've been getting have been less than complimentary about the things I've been saying about government and our bishops during this coronavirus lockdown. In fact, some have been downright nasty. Most podcast hosts would begin to backpedal from the unpopular things they've said. That ain't my style. If I believe I'm right, I'll just double down and not care at all about what people say or think. If we're going to be true to God and ourselves, we've got to stick to our guns. Like I always say, comfort and conviction don't live on the same block. Not all the emails and comments I've had are bad. Some have been good, but there was an exceptional comment left on my Facebook page. I want to read it to you today because I think you'll get a lot out of it. Let me stop for a minute to tell you about a book I just read. It's a book written by a six-packer and loyal listener named Kramer Soderberg. He's a basketball coach at a college in Illinois, and his first book is called Fill Your Cup for Christ, A Spiritual Journey Sown and Grown Through Sports. Don't let the title mislead you, especially if you're not a sports fan. This isn't a book about Catholic college sports. Fill Your Cup for Christ is actually a spiritual growth book written in the Joe Sixpack style. Kramer's taken difficult-to-grasp spiritual concepts that the average Catholic ordinarily finds boring and related them to his experiences in sports in such a way that these classical spiritual principles are easy to grasp, entertaining to read, and life-changing in their impact. I was hooked on this book from the very first page. That's how good it is, and I think you'll love it too. I can't recommend Fill Your Cup for Christ highly enough, so get your copy today in paperback and Kindle edition. You'll find a link for it in my show notes. The person who made the comment I was talking about in response to last week's episode is a longtime six-packer. She and her husband live in Massachusetts. They're a couple who not only believe the Catholic Church and her teachings, but they actually put their faith into action. It's been a while since I've spoken with them, so I'm not really up to date with what's currently going on in their lives, but I know what they've done in the past. The husband in this Catholic married team is a physician with the Massachusetts Department of Corrections. He could earn a hell of a lot more money in the private sector, but instead he chooses to visit Jesus every day in prison by providing medical treatments to state convicts. If that wasn't enough, this couple travels to foreign mission fields together to provide medical services to the poor and oppressed in other countries. Like I said, they apply action to their faith. They put their money where their mouths are. This lady six-packer is much more eloquent than I am. You know me. If I think it, I say it. Her eloquence enables her to say what needs to be said in a way that bites without drawing blood. 
I'm going to read her entire comment, which is somewhat lengthy, but I really think the rest of you six-packers will like what this six-packer has to say. Here goes. The Lord showed us himself how nothing is gained by running away and locking ourselves behind closed doors. Did he not appear to his disciples who did precisely that after his crucifixion? Did he not appear to them and say, Peace be with you, do not fear, and then breathe the Holy Spirit on them and sent them out in boldness? He taught them that congregating together behind locked doors was not his mission for them. Instead, he sent them out in the midst of great uncertainty. He sent them out in a time much worse than we're currently facing, and he commissioned them to be witnesses of him. Never once did the Lord encourage his disciples to run and hide to protect themselves. No, after their meeting in the upper room, it was understood that going forward was not going to be easy and would likely end in persecution. The church is, for many, a guiding light in troubled times, and the flock looked to their leaders to be an example during such times. The church's reaction to this virus should reflect how we expect the flock to respond. Since the church took the unprecedented steps of closing their doors and severely limiting our access to the sacraments, particularly the bread of life, sends a very clear message that in times of turmoil one should be paralyzed by fear and safely hide themselves away until the threat has passed. Instead of cooperating with the authorities to promote safety and protection for their congregation, the church, sadly, aligned itself with state and government and took on their recommendations rather than defending their God-given rights and those of their congregation by keeping the church doors open. Does the church even realize what it has done when they partnered up with the state and government? The state and government that placed a stay-in-place order to ensure public safety and to save lives still deems abortion clinics as essential businesses to stay open during a pandemic so they can continue murdering babies. How crazy is this, I ask you? We are teamed up with insanity. When all this is over, don't you think your parishioners are going to question your decisions? Right now the church is in a hot mess. It's scrambling to meet the demands of its parishioners by live-streaming masses and offering spiritual communion. I will add, I totally appreciate the idea of online mass for those in nursing homes and the elderly that are homebound, but that is not the current case for the vast majority of us that can still make it to church. Substituting the real Mass for online Mass to fulfill our Sunday obligation and spiritual communion for the Eucharist will only create massive confusion and quickly backfire. Holy boldness is what Christ breathed into his disciples in the upper room. Running and hiding behind locked doors was not an option Jesus offered them. In fact, they would have been embarrassed of themselves if they'd chosen that route. Jesus himself gave us many examples of how to live in the midst of turmoil, civil unrest, and great uncertainty. Not one of those examples have him running and hiding. Quite the contrary, he always faced his oppositions head-on by boldly walking forward and letting the will of his Father unfold. I will end by saying I am the Catholic parishioner every parish wants. 
I am the one that believes it to be an obligation, not an option, to support one's parish with generous donations. But, since the shutdown, I have an issue with supporting a church that isn't there to support their congregation in times of crisis. I'm not saying this in a threatening way, I'm just stating the obvious. When someone works so hard and sacrifices so much for their donations, many do so because their church is the foundation under their feet. The few loyal and dedicated Catholics that are still here have walked hand in hand through muddy waters with our beloved church, only to be left empty-handed. I am hurt and I am angry. I will forever be a Catholic, and my love of the sacraments has only increased since I've been deprived of them. But going forward, I will most likely be the typical Catholic that throws a dollar or two in the collection. Instead, I will be increasing my donations to carefully chosen missionaries that are not fearful of working the front lines as Christ commissioned. As a side note, it may not be a bad idea for clergy to visit and spend time volunteering as I have in many of the wonderful established third world Catholic missionaries to learn from them how to overcome opposition and fear. Our strong Catholic religious do it on a daily basis and they are a force to be reckoned with. Such a great example of Christ himself. So ends this six-packer's comment. She explained the failure of our bishops much better than I have, using examples directly from the Gospel of John. She has a right to be disgusted with our bishops, as all Catholics do. The bishops all, 100% of them, showed all the Catholic lay faithful that they have far more faith and trust in man than they do God. There are bishops we all already know are nothing more than greaseball politicians who use the church for high living and to satisfy their lust for power. And they don't give a damn about us or the destiny of our souls. I'm talking about bishops like Cardinal Kupik in Chicago and Bishop McElroy of San Diego. But there are other bishops who've broken my heart with their response to the coronavirus lockdown. Specifically, I'm talking about Bishop Thomas Olmsted of Phoenix, Archbishop Samuel Aquila of Denver, Bishop Thomas Paprocki of Springfield, Illinois, Bishop James Connolly of Lincoln, Archbishop Alexander Sample of Portland, Oregon, Bishop Thomas Tobin of Providence, and Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas. Until their acquiescence to civil authorities, ignoring Christ's mandate to shepherd our souls, I held these bishops in the highest esteem. I was hoping they'd be bishops we could count on to guide the church in America back to stability and credibility. They could have shown us how to live our faith in the most dynamic sort of way by demonstrating that they have more faith in God than in man, but they did just the opposite. Now they'll have to do a great deal to convince me they're as genuine as I thought. Personally, I think they should do public penance. Despite that these bishops let us down, turning our backs on them and the church isn't an option. I'm just like many other Catholics and feeling like throwing up my hands and saying to hell with all of it. I won't and can't do that. What keeps me from doing that is my knowledge and understanding of what Christ established in his Catholic Church. Jesus is God, and he himself established the Catholic Church. 
He set up the apostles and their successors to be our bishops, and he promised us that the gates of hell would never prevail against the church. Sometimes it seems like the gates of hell are prevailing when we look at the confusion and heresies of Francis, Culpeck, and McElroy. But we need to remember that one of those handpicked by Jesus to be an apostle was Judas Iscariot, and they all fled after Jesus was arrested. So we have to remember that the bishops are just weak men suffering from the effects of original sin, like all of us. When we're tempted to leave the church, we also have to recall the voice of the Holy Spirit when he said through Vatican II, basing itself on scripture and tradition, the council teaches that the church, a pilgrim now on earth, is necessary for salvation. The one Christ is the mediator and the way of salvation. He is present to us in his body, which is the church. He himself explicitly asserted the necessity of faith and baptism, and thereby affirmed at the same time the necessity of the church which men enter through baptism as through a door. Hence, they could not be saved who, knowing that the Catholic Church was founded as necessary by God through Christ, would refuse either to enter it or to remain in it. Look at that last sentence again. Hence, they could not be saved who would refuse to remain in it. We can be upset with a heretical pope and weak bishops all day long, but if we yield to the temptation to leave the church, we'll be condemning our own souls to hell. The best way to sum this up, I think, is to tell a story from the life of St. Francis Assisi. Francis once went to a town to preach. He quickly learned that nobody there was participating at Mass in the town's only parish. When he asked why, the people told him it was because of the hypocrisy of the priest. As the people loudly voiced their complaints about the priest, some of the town's people dragged him out to Francis, along with his paramour and bastard children. Without a word, Francis knelt before the priest and waited for the crowd to grow silent. Then, barely above a whisper, Francis said, Whether this priest is good for his own soul, I do not know, but my soul needs him. No matter how badly these bishops behave, our souls need them. We can't access the grace-giving, life-giving sacraments without them. Do you have an apostolate you'd like other Catholics to learn about? Maybe you have an e-commerce business and you want to build sales while supporting a Holy Orthodox apostolate. Whatever you want to advertise, The Cantankerous Catholic is your portal to success. The Cantankerous Catholic isn't even a year into broadcasting its weekly shows and we're already listened to in 16 countries, all 50 states, and 101 major cities throughout the U.S. and Canada. Our listener demographics are the most sought after for advertisers. The Cantankerous Catholic avatar is 53% men and 47% women ages 18 to 34. The show's average growth rate through 2019 was 24% per week, and our listeners are Orthodox Catholics who reject heterodox Catholic positions and political correctness. Relative to other podcasts and online advertising, our rates are extremely cost-effective and inexpensive. You can advertise in each show's show notes, in the recorded episode itself, our weekly newsletter that announces each new episode, all of these media together, or in any combination. 
So contact us today by filling out the form on the Sponsor Kit page at cantankerouscatholic.com or email Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, directly at joe at cantankerouscatholic.com to learn how you can begin driving traffic to whatever you want to promote while helping to support a worthy, orthodox, and hard-hitting apostolate. Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to Breitbart News. A former judge of elections in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, has been charged and pleaded guilty to illegally adding votes for Democratic candidates in judicial races in 2014, 2015, and 2016. Why do we never hear about anyone other than demonic Dems cheating at the polls? You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. You big dummy! Catholic News Pick number 4 Hats off to LifeSite News. Americans in some part of the country were gaining their freedom to gather in person for worshiping with fellow believers as legal challenges to state lockdown orders make their way through the courts and the public's impatience with restriction on normal life tests their limits. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick number 3 Hats off to the Catholic Business Journal. It sounds innocent enough. A proposed piece of legislation, SB 939, currently gathering momentum to be pushed through the California State Legislature at breakneck speed in the name of COVID-19, would add a section to the Civil Code relating to commercial tenant evictions, declaring the urgency thereof to take effect immediately. But this is far from innocent. More evidence that California has become the Communist People's Republic of California. No wonder people are leaving the state by the thousands. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick number 2 Hats off to Fox News. 37 Planned Parenthood affiliates applied for and received a total of $80 million in loans from the Payback Protection Program, and now the federal government wants the money back, saying the affiliates should have known they weren't eligible for the coronavirus stimulus payouts. More honesty from Planned Parenthood. Imagine that. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. That's what I'm talking about. Catholic News Pick number one. Hats off to KTLA News in California. The Justice Department warned Governor Gavin Newsom that his order discriminates against churches in California. Simply put, there is no pandemic exception to the U.S. Constitution and its Bill of Rights, wrote Eric S. Dryband, head of the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Warning to snowflakes. If he thinks it, he says it. It's time now for Joe Sixpack's Common Sense Catholic Commentary. Did you know that Sean Hannity used to be a Catholic but isn't anymore? 
Hannity is a classic example of what happens to a Catholic who's ignorant of the tenets of the faith and full of pride and arrogance. I'm not picking on Sean Hannity here. He's a public figure, and I'm not detracting him in any way, because everything about him in this commentary is public record. Between the heresies and bad acts of Pope Francis and the recent disappointments of our bishops, a lot of Catholics have puffed themselves up with arrogant pride and talked about leaving the church. I've talked a lot about this, but many don't appear to see themselves as being proud. They see themselves as righteously indignant. I'm hoping that by seeing themselves in Hannity, they'll steer away from this very misguided and dangerous temptation to leave the Catholic Church. Let me reiterate that this isn't a hit piece on Hannity. I watch him on Fox News almost every night and have for years, but I began to recognize some years ago that he was positioning himself to leave the faith in self-righteous protest. I also need to tell you that I haven't been willing to abandon Hannity to his heir. I've written and emailed him repeatedly in an attempt to get a dialogue started. I can't recall the priest's name, but Hannity used to have one on his show occasionally. I think it was from the Legionaries of Christ, but I can't be sure. What led to it, I'm not sure, but the priest brought up the grave sinfulness of artificial contraception. Hannity's reply to the priest was that when priests quit sexually abusing children, he'll stop using artificial contraception. It was when Hannity made that incredibly arrogant comment that I knew he was setting himself up to leave the church so he wouldn't have to feel guilty about it. What Hannity said is wrong on so many points. No man is responsible for the soul of another. Each man is responsible for his own soul. So to make your own sins sound like a bargaining chip to make others cease their sins is arrogant. It's like saying that as long as the other guy continues to offend God, I'm going to offend him too. Hannity publicly admitted to a grave personal sin with pride in its commission. He would hypocritically, literally wear his Catholicism by appearing before millions of viewers with Ash Wednesday ashes on his forehead while admitting to the grave sin of contraception. Hannity promotes the United States Constitution on almost every episode of his show, and almost everything he knows about the Constitution he learned from his best friend, Mark Levin, whom he calls the Great One. Presumably, Levin has taught him about how the framers based the Constitution on natural law and the importance of living within natural law, because I hear Levin talking about that all the time. Artificial contraception is as much a violation of natural law as lying, murder, abortion, transgenderism, and homosexual activity. Apparently for Hannity, though, the natural law doesn't apply to him, only the rest of us. When the revelations about McCarrick came out, that was the vehicle used by Hannity to speed recklessly away from the church. I recall with vivid clarity that he used that story as an excuse to officially separate himself from the Catholic Church. Will Hannity go to hell for leaving the church? I don't know. That's above my pay grade. It depends on whether he knows that the Catholic Church was founded as necessary by God through Christ. If he does then, objectively speaking, he's damning his own soul to hell because the church has always taught that they could not be saved who would refuse to remain in the church. 
As is always the case with sin, man arrogantly places himself above God. In a case like Hannity's, it's the most diabolical form of sin, because he actually attempts to make himself more holy than God by choosing someone else's sin to justify leaving the church established by God for some lesser unnamed form of Christianity. I haven't given up on Hannity yet. I still try to establish contact with him in order to dialogue. It would help, I think, if you faithful six-packers would do the same, because it's the squeaky wheel that gets the grease. Also remember to pray for Hannity. He most certainly needs our prayers. I hope that you'll use Hannity's example if you've considered leaving the church. If you're still thinking about leaving the church, or if you're not convinced that Hannity's wrong, let's talk about it. We can begin a completely confidential and productively calm dialogue together. Concern for every one of my listeners' souls is the whole reason Joe Sixpack the Every Catholic Guy exists. Learn things about the Catholic faith you never knew in Joe Sixpack's Secrets of the Catholic Faith. There are many essentials to our holy and ancient faith that few modern Catholics know. Those essentials have become, well, secrets, hence the title Secrets of the Catholic Faith. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, is always exciting, never boring, and completely politically incorrect. He never shies away from the so-called untouchable moral issues. With his use of humor and directness, readers and students can never get enough of what he teaches. According to Joe, there isn't one single teaching of the Catholic Church that can't be completely demonstrated to an inquiring mind. Everything can be demonstrated. But the Catholic laity aren't being taught these things. They're being fed pablum when they need and want meat. Secrets of the Catholic Faith is actually exciting, and it will make any Catholic's chest swell with pride. So get your copy of Secrets of the Catholic Faith by Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy, today in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. A New York millionaire's 12-year-old son came across an old file of faded newspaper clippings in his father's library. Among them, the boy found one with a headline that read, Millionaire Adopts Foundling. The story related that the unknown baby had been abandoned at a local church and had now been taken into the home of the millionaire. The boy looked at the date on the newspaper clipping. It was 12 years old. That baby would now be the same age as him. He thought it strange he'd never heard of this boy. Just then his father walked into the room. The boy showed the father the clipping and asked, Look, Dad. Tell me what happened to this baby they found. The father looked thoughtful for a moment, then put his arm around the boy's shoulder and told him the truth. That story's about you. You see, it was like this, son. I had everything that money could buy, but I was never quite happy because I didn't have anyone to share it with. I used to think that all I have is wonderful, but why can't somebody else enjoy it too? So when I saw that you were waiting unclaimed at the orphanage, I saw my opportunity. It took the boy some time to grasp the idea that he'd been adopted. Then he asked, are you still glad you did it? You 
Bet I'm glad, son. We're friends, aren't we? And you've always tried to be a good son to me. You're happy with me, and that's all I want. God is so good that he wants to share his happiness with you. That's why he made you. All he asks from you in return is your love and obedience. It makes God happy to know you appreciate his goodness. You'll find your greatest happiness when you're united with him in heaven forever. Help your fellow Catholic six-packers. They need to be listening to the Cantankerous Catholic, and you can help them find it better if you leave a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Leaving a review will make it easier for other Catholics to find the Cantankerous Catholic, because reviews cause the podcasting platforms to show it more often. And I thank you in advance for leaving a review. This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.